the topic today that we're going to get into is um, it just kept coming up in me, and I, you know, sometimes I question, like, is this the direction I'm supposed to go? And um, in reality, I actually um, did a message regarding, like, on this topic about five years ago or so, um, but it's uh, it just wouldn't leave, so I let it stay, and we're gonna we're gonna delve into this. So um, there'll be a reference to women. Since we're in the series, uh, Pastor Chad's still doing his series. I think he's going to be finishing that out maybe next week, but um, so I'm going to try to stay in the flow of that a little bit, um, but we're going to look into that. So I'd like to open up uh, just re- referencing 1 Corinthians 12, 31, uh, the last verse in that chapter. That chapter has to do with the list the gifts of the Spirit, Spirit and goes into that, and then at the, at the last verse, in verse 31, chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, it says, And now I will show you a superior way to live that is beyond comparison. That is beyond comparison. Do you want to know? I think you all know. You've all, if you've been to a wedding, you know this. I think you know this. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians 13. This is the better way to live, the best way to live. Let me read this and we'll dive right into things. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7 says, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. I know we've all heard this. Like I said, it's very common in in a lot of weddings. Um, I'm sure it was in ours so long ago, I barely remember. Was it, Jen? 27 years ago. Can you believe it? Um, But love manifests in many ways, as we can see in this this, uh, account. Uh, But today we're going to be focusing on how love manifests through kindness how love manifests through kindness and love is kind it says in the very first verse love is patient love is kind it's it's interesting after i started feeling led in this direction it kind of i had a heightened awareness of kindness and before i go on any further this is i'm going to preface this whole message by saying i'm not deputizing anybody to play kindness police, okay? So you can't go around and point the finger and say, hey, that wasn't kind, okay? So nobody is being deputized with kindness. Um, but it's just a raise in awareness again. This is, I believe this is something the Lord just wanted me to, to follow after. But like I said, as I was led in this direction, I started noticing acts of kindness, and, and it, it really it seemed a heightened awareness of it all. Um, one being, we had uh, Kristen and Corbin Hover for uh, birthday dinner for Kristen. She's she's the she's the official adult now. So if you need any adulting things done, Kristen is your lady. She's 18. So, um, but we we had her over for and, and Corbin over for for a little birthday dinner, and, and Jen made her cheesecake and stuff. We played some games, and it was a good night. But as soon as she walked or got out of her vehicle, she had the most beautiful 
flowers. Did you notice the flowers on the first? Well, you can see the faded. These are the flowers. She got us flowers for her birthday. Who does that? It, I don't know if I'm getting softer in my old age. I, I think there's a reputation of guys getting grumpier. But the big joke in my house is, is dad crying? That's, that's the big thing. If we're watching a movie, if we're whatever, if somebody says something that's semi-touchy-feely, like, is dad crying? Dad, are you crying? Like, it's, it's ridiculous. I get, that's, that's what I get made fun of for. But just to be, just to be uh, real, open book, but I, it choked me up when she handed me those flowers for her birthday. But she's so sweet. She's got great parents. I, I'm, I'm, I, I got a credit. Was that your influence from your mom and dad? Probably just how sweet you are. Yeah. Take it. But you can take all the credit. But, and then Friday, um, I was out. Uh, this seems to be a common thing now on my anniversary is we go to track meets for, for my kids. So we were in Breckenridge. And uh, we're there to support the team. And uh, so we're in Breckenridge an hour away or so, and we, we got home pretty late, uh, between 10.30 and 11 at night. And um, it's way funner than it sounded. Anyways, it was, it was hot and crazy. But uh, at least I, would, I didn't have to be part of that whole running thing and all that. But we got home, and I, was, I hadn't eaten all day. Uh, worked a full day, went straight from work up there, and um, spent the day. So got home, opened the fridge. There's a gigantic box of my favorite pizza and a gigantic, amazing cake for my wife and I's anniversary from my mom. I'm like, come on. So how many knows that was kind? And I usually don't eat that late, but boy, did I pig out. It was, it was good. So amazing. And, uh, and then this is a little prior to this, but... Um, I don't want to get too caught up in stories, but I'm just letting you in on my, how I'm thinking here. So my wife has some, uh, a boss, and, and they're actually family friends, that whole family. And they have a reputation of being the sweetest, kindest people, similar to the Johnsons. And they're just so sweet. And it's like we jokingly say, what would the Schmitz do, you know, in this situation or whatever? And just, so they answer the phone, and they're all, how you doing? And real sweet. Maybe you all do this. I, I'm not, I wasn't used to this. So one day, a few weeks ago, one of us answered the phone in the way the Schmitz would do it. And we just kind of kept going back and forth, kind of ooey gooey. And so good to hear your voice. Oh my gosh, you made my day and all this stuff. And, and it's weird. I actually, believe it or not, I started choking up. Like, it produced feelings of love and emotion. And I'm like, no wonder they do this. They're, how could you not feel good talking like this? So maybe I'm late to the party on this, but usually it's like, what do you want? I'm in the middle of blah, blah, blah. So, but I challenge you to do that. It was very interesting. But adding kindness just to that, that's, that was interesting. And then let me share. Can I share one more thing of kindness? Okay, I got to include something on fishing, right, a little bit. So I'm sitting on the couch with my son. We, we watch uh, videos here and there, fishing-related stuff. So we're, I thought this is a beautiful picture of kindness, even though it may not hit others like it, you know, me, did me. But. So we dabble in 
tying flies, me and my son. So we watched videos on that and, and the like. Well, this guy that we watch regularly told a story. Well, back in the late 80s, this, this man, uh, I'll just, it's irrelevant what his name is and what the fly is, whatever, but I'm just going to tell you. So his name's Bob Clouser. Well, he developed or created a fly that looks like a minnow, and it's called the Clouser minnow. Okay, everybody tracking? Okay, so it looks like a minnow. Fish care, you know, chase it and eat it. So he's telling the story. He's like, this guy, Bob Clouser, was at this big event, this fly tying expo or something. So everybody's doing stuff. Well, this Bob Clouser is sitting at the table tying his creation. And this guy walks up who's like part of this club that's holding this event. And apparently nobody liked this guy. He was kind of a jerk or something. So he walks up to Bob Clouser and he says, he didn't know who he was. And he says, what are you, what are you tying there? And uh, Bob says, I'm tying the, a Clouser minnow. And he's like, that's not a Clouser. He goes, get up. So this guy comes in, sits down, and starts tying the Clouser minnow. He finishes and he says, this is a Clouser minnow. And Bob Clouser didn't say a word. He just thanked him and went on his merry, the guy went on his merry way. But was that not, that guy could have been owned right there by Mr. Bob Clouser, the creator of that, you know, whatever, fly. But isn't that, wasn't that just, it, again, a little thing stood out to me of kindness. I'm like, how many people would have actually kept their mouth shut and just kindly <laughs> shown appreciation for being shown how to really tie my own fly? So uh, I just thought that was such an interesting display of kindness because I know, I don't know if I could have held back too much, but um, I got one more. Can you handle one more? We're going to fly. We're going to fly through this stuff. So I, I typically wouldn't, I'm not tooting my own horn by saying this, but again, it, it showed the impact of kindness. So I was at work. I was involved in something like an inspection type process. It was going to take about 15, 20 minutes. And somebody came by who doesn't work in my area. And I, I, I talked to this gal. I've known her for a long, long, long time. Her and her husband both work in our shop. But she came by and she looked kind of like, like she needed help bad, but she didn't want to bother anybody. And she said, are you busy? Or however she asked it. I said, well, I'm doing a such and such. And, and uh, I, said, I said, what do you need? And she started to walk away. She's like, oh, I don't want to bother you. I'm like, no. I said, what do you need? I was like, I'd be glad to help. And uh, she explained what she needed. And it's, a pro it's something that we have to do an entry uh, shop-wide and um, on, on a computer. Um, it's kind of, if you don't do it all the time, it can be like you can forget what you're doing. So I said, no, no, no. I said, I'll stop right now. It's going to take 30 seconds. And I said, Let, let's go do it. And so I kind of talked her through it. And this gal, just to give you a little frame of reference, she, she had a, a head injury through a car accident or something years ago. And she's shared me over the years, like, she has some challenges, like comprehension things. I would never have known this if she didn't tell me this. Um, but so I think she has some, you know, memory loss type stuff, and, and maybe she doesn't comprehend or, or retain certain things. So that was in the back of my mind. But I just took time, and I, I showed her how to do whatever she had to do. And that was it. It was literally like a minute. And uh, I, I, I told her, I was, like, I was like, there you go, you're all set. And uh, I said, anytime you need to, need to help with this, 
anybody in my area can, can help you with this. I would, I'm always, always more than happy to help you with this. I said, I know what a struggle it is sometimes. I don't do it all the time. You know, I was really sympathizing with, with her situation. I mean, I don't know what, uh, what, the, what happened prior, if something did or not. But So I helped her with that, and she walked away. She, th- she thanked me. So we were kind of walking in the same direction, and I went into my work area and to return to what I was doing, and she, she turned around and thanked me again, and her eyes were red and teary. And I thought, what happened just now? Like, there's no way she got emotional over me taking 30 seconds to show her that. Like, I, don't, I really don't know what happened prior to that. I can only imagine maybe, she, maybe people get impatient with her, trying to show her something over and over and over, or whatever it is. And I thought, I'm so glad that I took 30 seconds to help her. I probably saved her a lot of grief. I don't know. But it just really, again, it heightened my awareness of, of how impacting just any little kind thing. And I know you guys all know this, and you know, everybody knows how, how impacting that can be. But I just thought, wow. I was inv- involved in something any supervisor would have told me not to stop and do that because you have to be fully engaged in what I was doing. But I don't know. I just, I just did it. So... But when she, when she thanked me, it just like something really big just happened, and I don't realize this, the scale of it. But thank you, God, for you know, interrupting me or, or prompting me or letting me do that. But, so anyways, that, that's all the stories I got. Um, but you never know. We never know what somebody might be going through. Is that true? Um, I've heard story after story after story of, of people just going through stuff, not realizing it. And, and it, the one that stands out is, you know, a, a guy riding on a train, returning home. He had kids, and they were just going nuts and all this stuff and, and bothering passengers. And, um, and, you know, somebody finally had enough of it and read him the riot act. And he said, I, I apologize. He goes, we're just returning from my wife's funeral. And I thought, well, that changes you know, you never know what, uh, what somebody might be going through. And, and I've said it before, and it bears repeating that the closer the relationship in our lives, the closer they are, um, the more expectation you put on that individual, especially when it comes to marriage. It's all, my wife, you know, just talking to her about this, she said, you actually, in reality, kind of expect perfection on some levels uh, from your spouse, your significant other at, at times, without even thinking about it the expectation you have on people. You expect them to do certain things, to be certain ways, to, to um, treat you certain ways, to understand maybe what you're going through the closer you are to them. And uh, you, that expectation is very high, so it's easiest to have offenses arrive in those, in those relationships. I think we can all um, agree with that. But as far as definitions of kindness, I looked it up in the Webster's 1828 it, it, the definition means goodwill, benevolence, and a disposition which delights in contributing to the happiness of others, which is exercised cheerfully in gratifying their wishes, supplying their wants, or alleviating their distresses. Kindness ever accompanies love. And we know that love, right in the First Corinthians 13, love is kind. And you know, I'm all about the one-liners, right? 
So let's get those out of the way. Two one-liners. So kindness is a gift everyone can afford to give. Everyone can afford to give kindness. And the next one that really uh, was notable to me is be kind whenever possible. It is always possible. Even when you're busy, you may have opportunity to be kind. So let's go to the book of Proverbs and see what that says about kindness. Proverbs 3.3 3 says, Do not let mercy and kindness and truth leave you. Instead, let these qualities define you. Bind them securely around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Let these qualities define you. I've, I heard it said, I think it was from a famous book, but it was a challenge to kind of like write your own eulogy, which seems a little morbid, and then to live toward that. Like what you want said at your homegoing celebration, we'll call it, your funeral. Um, and then do you want to be, in this, in this context, do you want to be known as someone who is kind and someone who treated others with kindness? And then live toward that. What do you have to do to live toward that? Um, even if you have to do it in faith. Uh, declare things over yourself. How many knows that we believe more what we say than what anybody else says? The word, we believe the words that come out of our mouth more than we believe the words that come out of somebody else's mouth. And, um, you know, or imagine, like, if I was kind, how would I talk? If I was kind, what would I do in these different situations? And as I was thinking through this, and um, I heard a minister uh, preach this in part of a sermon, and I took note of it. Um, it says, before you speak, there was like five questions or four questions. Before you speak, ask yourself, because how many knows that kindness really is probably starts in your words, you know. Um, but before you speak, ask yourself, is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? And then, is it kind? Is it, how, how many knows that if you had to stop and run through those in your head, I, I don't know. Might not do much talking. But I just thought that was very um, interesting. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? We think it's helpful. You know, I can make lots of jokes here about, sec about backseat driving. But, is it helpful? Is it necessary? So is it, it could be applied to anything. But uh, it's something to, something to consider. Um, especially applies to talking to yourself or about yourself. How do you, do you speak kind words to your own self? Or do you say, I'm such an idiot, or I can't do this, or I'll never fill in the blank? That's not kind. God created you fearfully and wonderfully. You're his amazing treasure. So think about, consider that. You are his beloved daughter and son. So think, if you talk negative or you have a bent to talking negative about yourself, consider the fact that you're talking negative about the most amazing creation that God ever made. And it was you. We're all amazing creations. So maybe think, Maybe that would help. Tame your tongue. Proverbs 19.22, What is desired in a man is kindness. What is desired in a man or woman is kindness. 
Obviously, there's not a single person on the planet who does not want to be the recipient of kindness. Is that true? goes without saying. Proverbs 31.26 says, She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. We know that Proverbs 31, that's all about the virtuous woman. And uh, I, you, you know, there's, as we go through this, and I'm sure we all have that person or those people that we think about when we think of the word kindness or that, that manifestation of love in the way of kindness. We know those people. I can name five right off the bat that in my life, like the kindest people I've ever known in my life. And, and really, one of those is my mom. It's like, I've never seen somebody so display such kindness, um, especially in the, it's never convenient, you know, the, in the way of inconvenience, but um, she's been a great model. See, I'm crying. I didn't plan on giving my mom those props, but it was kind. It was kind to do. But uh, I love mom. So she's been a great model. Uh, Galatians 5.22. We're going to go through the New Testament now a little bit and see some things. 22 through 23. It says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. And this is, I've said that before, this is God's nature in you as a born-again child of God. Believe it or not, all of these fruit. All of this fruit is in your spirit. It is God's nature in you wanting to get out so others can taste and see that the Lord is good. And kindness is one of those, whether you, maybe you don't display kindness like you want or like other people want you to. I don't know. But kindness is actually in you. And that's another thing. You can start telling yourself, I'm, today I'm going to yield to the fruit of kindness. I'm going to yield to the fruit of whatever. Maybe there's, other, there's some more than others that we, we struggle with allowing to flow out of us. Fruit is produced. It's not, you know, Chad's done a good example of a, you know, the apple tree is grunting and groaning trying to produce an apple. They just, that it's a natural flow. And God's spirit is in us. His nature is in us. And it should be a natural flow as we, in our journey in Christ, that, that flow should, should become more and more effortless as his character and, 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 and likeness is displayed in our lives. And I know we all want that. Um, Ephesians 2.7 says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. How many know the best is yet to come? God's going to spend all of eternity. Eternity started when you showed up on the scene, by the way, when you were conceived in your mother's womb. That's when eternity started for you. But after this life that we know, God is going to display his kindness, his grace, his abundance, abundant goodness to us in so many ways. And as we were singing earlier that, that slide, that, background of one of those songs where it's the cosmos you know i always i believe it with all my heart you can't prove me wrong but i really believe that that's going to be our playground and the uh life after this i, I really do i think that we don't even have a fathom a inkling of an idea what what is to become because i mean i was like god is the creator 
and we are his children. And we have we are the most creative beings made in his likeness and his, his image. I believe that we're going to be shown how to do as our Father does, how to create. So I'm excited about it. You'll find out. You'll say, yep, he was right. He was right. Ephesians 4.32 says, And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. If we're instructed, I mean, no, if we're instructed in the Word to do something, that you are empowered to do it. Grace, and, grace is in, not just unmerited, unearned favor, but it's also an empowerment to carry out what Jesus is telling us to do. It's, I shared this a couple weeks ago, but a one definition of grace I really enjoy, I think I got it from, again, I'll, I'll give him credit this time, uh, John Bevere. It's the influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. So grace, another definition of grace is the influence upon the heart and its reflection in the life. And that reflection we're talking about here is kindness. So just know that when you read through the Bible and you're seeing stuff, and especially when it comes to the New Testament and speaking to the church, the body of Christ, just think, you know what? It says this. This is very difficult to comprehend. But you know what? If this is saying this, and this is, this is God's way, this is the best way for me to walk, I'm empowered to do it. And it may be seem hard, but Lord, thank you for the grace to walk this out, to walk out. What we're talking about today is kindness. So Colossians 3, 12 through 13 says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, that's you guys, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and, re- and forgiving one another if anyone has a complaint, against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. And just like we are empowered to walk out those things we see in the Word, this verse that says, put on, put on tender mercies, put on kindness. If I tell you to put something on, say, a, a certain color t-shirt or whatever, well, you, that is, it's, it's in your closet. If you put something on, the implication there is it's yours to put on. Well, that's the implication in those verses. If he's telling us to put these things on, these belong to us. We have these to put on. I had never seen that until I was reading through this, but that, that makes sense to me. Does it make sense to you? So tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, we have these things to put on. How many knows we have the choice to not put them on? Just like you have the choice to not wear certain things or to wear certain things in your wardrobe. We have the choice because it is ours to put on. And as we choose to put these on, it's, it's going to be the best thing to wear that day, right? Kindness is always the best thing to wear. So Second Peter 1.7 says, Add to your faith brotherly kindness. And in this account, he lists all these things to add to our faith. We're the just, right? We're the righteousness of God in Christ. We're to walk by faith. Our life is a life of walking out by faith and not by sight. And throughout this account, 1 Peter 1, this is like verses 5 through 9, it talks about things that we should add to our faith. And kindness is one of those things. It says, for if, if all these things, this list of things, and this is a teaching for another time, which I actually think I did one. Um, For if these things are yours, 
and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So as we add these things, that some of the things are self-control, perseverance, diligence, um, virtue, knowledge. So these are things to add to our faith. I think the message I did was called Faith Plus or something. But I'm sure it was good. You should go back and listen to it. But uh, So add to our faith brotherly or sisterly kindness. So we're going to look at the kindness of Jesus, just a few accounts of Jesus and modeling kindness. And the first one I thought of right away, I don't know if you were here last week, we saw a little clip of, um, of the, um, the movie, the, the, uh, the Chosen. Thank you. I was tipping my tongue. So The Chosen, if you haven't seen that, check that out. I think they're in their second season, right? They have a complete first and second season. It's a great, great series. But we saw a little clip of Jesus um, with the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman at the well, and just kind of the play out. And they, I thought they did a, a dynamic job with that. But that was, that was a display of Jesus' kindness. For one thing, Jews didn't, in that culture, they didn't talk to Samaritans. They, didn't, they looked down on Samaritans. They considered them Gentiles, dogs, whatever. They didn't want anything to do with them, especially when it came to even a, a Samaritan woman. So they were like, you know, Jesus is doing this. We're not going to, you know, make too many, stir too much trouble up here, but um, Jesus was displaying kindness to this woman, and the result was she went back, and she became a preacher of the gospel, a preacher of the good news of Jesus, the Messiah. But that was a beautiful display of kindness. And then in Luke 19, 1 through 10, Zacchaeus, remember Zacchaeus was a wee little man? A wee little man was he? I kind of feel like I've withheld some fun for the kids here. I don't remember ever singing that song with them, but I sing it plenty as a kid, but Zacchaeus, the tax collector. They weren't the favorite people in the day and age, right? I don't think they are today either. But uh, Zacchaeus, Jesus invited himself over to Zacchaeus' house. He said, I'm coming to your house for dinner. And that day, salvation came to his household. So somebody, of course, there was plenty finger-pointing from the Pharisees and all that. This, this guy's hanging out with a sinner and all this. The worst of the worst, the scum of the whatever. And but Jesus, that was kindness on display, reaching out to somebody who is actually reaching out to him, climbing up that sycamore tree. But Matthew 8, 1 through 4, Jesus heals the leper. Uh, he reaches out his hand. It's the leper. He heals. He said, if, it, if, it, if it's your will to heal me, you know, and Jesus let him know with no doubt, I will. And how many knows lepers, you know, they were not allowed to be around. They had to you know, declare unclean and all that. And they were segregated. They didn't, the thing that really, if you think about it, just they, they didn't know the comfort, the warmth of human touch. You know, as a, just, just to not have the luxury of that, not to, to, to be withheld that affection, that physical touch, that, that affection that all of us know the impact of that from an infant and the studies they've done there, but these you know, lepers and Jesus reached out, touched him in the face of the culture and what was, what was you know, approved of or not at that time. Love, kindness reached out and cleansed that leper, made him whole. And uh, that was a beautiful, beautiful picture of kindness. And then lastly, Luke 8, 40-48, Jesus 
Jairus' daughter, she was 12, she was on her deathbed, and Jesus was notified of this. So he was on his way to Jairus' house, and then we know about the woman with the issue of blood. Uh, everybody was pressing in on all sides, you know, and, and she touched the hem of his garment, and that's a great teaching in itself. But Jesus, in, in an act of kindness, he, he could have been like, I got to get to Jairus' house, you know. But no, he, he, he was never in a hurry. Isn't it interesting? Jesus was never in a hurry. Um, just ask Mary and Martha and, and when their brother Lazarus uh, died. He waited a couple days, took his time. But uh, that turned out good. But Jesus, I, I see it again in the context of what we're talking about, an act of kindness to minister to that lady's life. And uh, it wasn't too late for Jairus' daughter. We know, we know how that worked out. She was only sleeping, according to Jesus. But she was raised back up again. But uh, Jesus was never, never in too much of a hurry to... Show compassion. He was moved with compassion throughout the Gospels. Always available. Even when they were trying to shoo the kids away, Jesus was saying, let the children come to me, for such is the kingdom of heaven. I've heard it said by a few different ministers that you know a minister is okay when, the kid, when kids can come up and just greet him and want to be around him. And that's a great telltale sign that that person's okay, but they're just like Jesus. Jesus drew those children. The children were wooed to him. So let's go to Luke chapter 6. Luke chapter 6, I might have to get the readers on for this one. Luke 6, 35 through 36 says, But love, that is, unselfishly seek the best or hire good for your enemies. Love your enemies. And do good and lend expecting nothing in return, for your reward will be great, rich, abundant, and you will be sons of the Most High because He Himself is kind and gracious and good to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, responsive, compassionate, tender, just as your Heavenly Father is merciful. Be kind to your enemies. Everybody knows that's easy. Give me a break, right? In Ephesians 5, 1 through 2, it says, Therefore be imitators of God, dear children, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. So if we're imitators of God, that's what things look like. I have had to pray for what, I guess, I'm not sure what it ultimately defines an enemy because our war isn't against flesh and blood. Maybe enemies are just people that don't like us. And I don't know. I know that, you know, everybody knows the devil and his cohorts are enemies. But have you ever prayed for somebody that you really didn't like? That's a big, big challenge. But I had read something or heard something, and then I had the opportunity. It arose. Isn't that interesting how things work out like that? You hear something, a good teaching, oh, this is good, and then you get an opportunity to apply it. That's always fun. But, you know, you do it with gritted teeth and uh, maybe a little, whatever, attitude. But I found that as I was praying a blessing over this individual that I really didn't like and probably did me wrong, 
my heart started to turn. My heart started to change. And I started, I mean, within however long this went on for, I said, Lord, give me your heart for this person. You love this person. They're not lovely, but you love them in spite of their unloveliness. But So I, I just knew that that was the right thing to do. And my heart started to change. And I, I ended up actually realizing that God was pouring his love through me toward this person. Um, very interesting. So I challenge you. If the, I dare you to try that one. Because God's going to show himself in that situation and, and, and somehow change that person's heart. Whatever the situation, I can't literally can't tell you the details of that and probably don't care. But I thought it was very interesting how God can change your heart. But the love of God is shed abroad in our heart by Holy Spirit, right? The love that he loved us with, he has poured into us to love others with. So it's possible to walk in that love. In closing, um, we're going to take a look at a woman in Acts. Um, we've heard this before. Um, her translated name always stood out to me as a kid. Funny. Uh, now in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha, which translated into Greek means Dorcas. What kid doesn't like the name Dorcas? Uh, she was rich in acts of kindness and charity, which she continually did. And I was reading different translations trying to, because some don't use the word kindness, they use something a lot like kindness, goodness, whatever. So of course I wanted to find one that said kindness, but actually her the name her name means gazelle. So that, that brought in a cool factor. So she was probably a good sprinter like Andrew Johnson is. I heard things. I heard things. Um, but Tabitha was sick. Dorcas was sick. And uh, Peter was told about this, so he came. And, uh, you know, the end of the story is she was raised back up. But the, the widow, there was widows in the, in, in the room where she was and, and showing Peter all of the wonderful garments she made. She was so kind. That was her, her gifting and talents was making uh, beautiful garments. But, you know, th she was talked about very little, but it really highlighted she was rich in acts of kindness. So the moral of the story here is it's always okay to act like a Dorcas. Okay? I waited 24 hours to say that. So, I don't know if that was delivered like I wanted, but I got a couple of courtesy laughs. That's what I'm looking for. All right, but yeah, it's always good to act like a Dorcas, but she was known for her kindness, and, and that's what I want to be known for. That's what you want to be known for, right? At some level, um, kindness changes people's minds about God. Uh, Romans 2, 4 says, God's kindness, and I know a lot of translations say the goodness of God, but of course, I had to find a translation that said kindness, which really means can mean the same thing. God's kindness leads you to repentance, to changing our mind. And the more of God we know, how good God is, the more you have revelation the more revelation you allow Holy Spirit to bring to you of the goodness of God, the love of God, the kindness of God, the more madly in love you fall with Him and uh, the more your mind changes. 
And if the world only knew how good God is. You know, the, the enemy has blinded the eyes of the world and, and we're to just pray those, that blind, those blinders off that their eyes would be open to see the goodness of God. If, you know, if, if people knew the goodness of God and not the maybe they've heard only hellfire and damnation, that would make me run the other way. But, and I believe it has made thousands and thousands of people run the other way. But, but when they know the goodness of God, when they experience the kindness of God, the love of God, and, and they're going to experience that through us. We're ambassadors. The word says we are ambassadors of Christ. Ambassador means representative. So we're to represent him on the earth. And it's a good thing that you have that kindness and all those fruit of the Spirit in your spirit that you can walk out. But, um, you know, we're starting to see more and more, um, as far as these United States, you know, there's been persecution of the church all over the world for eons. And you know we get up, we get upset with social media, whatever. You know, can hardly take anything. We're we're wimps, but um, we're seeing that more and more, more severe levels of uh, persecution rise in different ways and and um, against the body of Christ. And and I think, do you, I mean, in in this day and age, in this culture, kindness is not a descriptor of what is going on in the culture today. If anything, it's the opposite. We're seeing, you know, I don't, I don't give myself to watch all the, all the junk, all the news media, whatever. I'm kind of not fully up to everything. I, I choose what I watch and listen to and stuff. But um, we're in a day and age where it's, I don't have to, I don't know. fill in the blank for yourself. You know what's going on. But kindness does not seem to be on the forefront. And we have a great opportunity as the church of of, of Jesus Christ to display his kindness and his goodness. Because we will stand out. Kindness will stand out in this culture um, with all my heart. So, I don't know, if there, there's, there's some reason that I was led down this road. And, and uh, I mean, I know you guys all know this. You didn't need to hear this. But I needed to hear it. I needed to be reminded of it. It's, it's really, I think, vital in our lives. And um, I didn't give you a list of stuff to do. I didn't say, here's something for, else, for, for you to do. Go out and do that. But to just remind you who you are. This is who you really are. You really are full of those fruit of the Spirit. You really are. You have those things that we read about to put on and to display His goodness in the earth. Um, you're blessed. You're blessed to be a blessing. Do you believe that? I believe that. But... Maybe just stew on it for a little bit. I've been stewing on it for a lot of bit, but it's uh, I learned a lot. I always do um, just going through this and preparing. But um, yeah, I think we're we're done. We're gonna I'll close in prayer and we're gonna worship the Lord and be excused. Honey, am I forgetting anything? Okay, she said no, Mister. If she says no, you know the answer is no. So I hope you're blessed and you have a great day. Let's close in prayer and close out with worship. Father, we thank you for your goodness. You displayed kindness on a cross. You gave it all, Lord, for us. You displayed love on a cross. You manifested kindness 
And you always do, Lord. And we thank you for that. We thank you that you have cared about us so much that you didn't leave us without help. The Holy Spirit, who's our helper, our teacher, who leads us into all truth. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you to help us to walk out God's nature that is inside of us. All of those fruit of the Spirit, which includes kindness. I ask that you would raise our awareness of those moments of opportunity that we could sow kindness into somebody, whether it's convenient or not. I ask, Holy Spirit, that as we walk through our day, that we would be aware of your presence and aware of your desire to bless people around us because we are truly ambassadors, representatives of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I thank you, Lord, for bringing that to our remembrance. I thank you. We receive your kindness, Lord, today. We receive your goodness in our lives. We receive your love. Thank you. In spite, of, in spite of us, you love us and you are kind to us. And we thank you for that. And we just magnify you right now in this place. Thank you for inhabiting our praises. In Jesus' name, amen. From Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karis.